Welcome back to another episode of Better with Paul. Now, let me just tell you, this episode was incredible. Not only did we have an amazing guest, but the episode was packed full of one of my favorite words, and that is value. That's right. I'm talking about this episode will truly help you to become better. So without further ado, let's get to it. Right after the break, another episode of Better with Paul. A lot of people out here have a lot of disposable income. And if you need a check for a thousand, a check for five thousand, a check for ten thousand, you know, you need those what are considered to be quote unquote small checks. There are a lot of potential investors out there for that. Okay, and maybe we'll even do a session on on how to how how to get access to them. But there's a lot of people out there. There's crowdfunding, clearly. Okay, crowdfunding also is something that you know you need to have a platform for. But if you have an audience, crowdfunding is 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 a way to do that. Let me get to the to to the bonus tip right here. The bonus tip is this: if you are growing a company and you are trying to extend your cash flow, extend your your runway, the best thing that I have done personally, and I continue to do this with literally every business or project that I'm on, is share a percentage of sales opposed to paying direct hourly or annual salary to your staff or to, 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 to people who come on as consultants or designers, this is, I'm telling you, this is the way. The number one expense category, so the number one category that, that basically cripples this, that cripples your cash is, is, is salary, right? Is, is the expenses of, of others, is consultants, you know, oh, I gotta have, I gotta pay somebody to do my digital ads. Oh, I, I gotta pay for this part. I got like that, that, that's what eats you up. Okay. The number one way to extend your cash flow, I'm telling you, is this is try your best to share the revenue of your company as a percentage of sales. And guess what? You may have to share more percentage of revenue. Then you share that, you know, then you make yourself. And also I want to underscore this. I'm not talking about share equity in your company. No, you don't have. And by the way, I wouldn't even suggest you, if someone approaches you and says, Hey, I want to give you 5% of my company. If you come work, don't do that. Cause the 5% will be worth almost nothing. I have advised many companies on equity back in the day, and I will never do that now. I'm in, there's there's I'm advising what I'm advising a company right now. They are worth over they do over a billion dollar valuation, and they approached me, and they asked if I would first take equity, a massive equity stake in this new project that that they've created, and they were like, surely Paul's going to take equity. I mean, we're this billion dollar company. We're we're, we're public. Like we. We have, uh, you know, we have experience, you know, launching all these companies. Sure, he's going to take equity. I said, no, thank you. No, pay me in cash. Yes, green. 
That's the language I speak. That's the language I love. That's my favorite color. I mean, I like black, obviously, but green, I prefer. You know what I mean? And, and, and I negotiate with them for them to give me cash. So I'm not talking about share a percentage of equity, but get a percentage of sale. So I have cash and I take a percentage of the sales. It doesn't give me ownership in the company. Yeah, that's fine, right? I could take the cash and I could take that money and go over here and now create things that I own. You see what I mean? So make sure that you are getting paid in, uh, in, 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 in cash or you're sharing percentage of sales with your, with your staff and team. It's better. It's a better win for everyone. All right. So the lesson here is this. I know this is a hard one, but you have to extend your cash runway to 12 months. All right. Let's get to six. Okay. Uh, and then let's get to six. Let's get to six. All right. Now, I had the biggest mind blow of my interview career when I interviewed Sharice Jones of Sassy Jones Boutique. Does anybody know Sharice Jones or heard of Sharice Jones, Sassy Jones Boutique? Okay. Sassy Jones Boutique. Now, this is the interesting thing. I interviewed Sharice at, God, it was November. It was right around November of 2019. I interviewed her in Washington, D.C., okay? In November of 2019, I interviewed her in Washington, D.C. Sharice Jones, right from Richmond, Virginia. She has Sassy Jones Boutique. She told me that she was on target to do $5 million in sales by the end of, uh, by the end of 2019. So remember, this is November 2019. I interview her. By the end, she thought she was going to do $5 million in sales. Now, I, all right, good. My man Paul is still, I see Paul still with us. All right, Paul, good, good. I'm being accountable for you, Paul. So I'm, I'm making sure that you're still here. All right. So now I didn't post the interview with Sharice Jones right away. A matter of fact, I waited a full year. And I, it, it wasn't because of the interview. It was just, you know, I started the, the podcast late, you know, whatever. But it, it was a year later when I was going to post my interview with Sharice. So I sent Sharice a text. I'll never forget this. I sent her a text. I was going to post the interview the next week and I sent her a text. I said, Sharice, I hope you're well. I have, you know, I, I'm, I haven't, we haven't caught up in the last year. Um, I'm about to post our interview, but can you give me a quick update on the business, on your business? Because I just want to make sure, like, I, quite honestly, I wanted to make sure she was still in business, right? Because I've interviewed lots of people who quite honestly, I've interviewed them one year and the next year they're out of business, right? They're completely out of business. So I wanted to make sure she was still in business. So I interviewed her. Yeah, Sparkle Party, that's her. I interviewed her and uh, my man right here, by the way, I need to change this to my last name, man. I like that last name. I like that, all right? So 
She messages me back. She said, Paul, it's been a crazy year. Let's talk. I'm thinking, damn, like if she wants to talk about this, you know, man, I feel terrible. Like I feel terrible for her business. It means I can't post the podcast, right? I was thinking about all these things. We get on a call and she said, and I said, how'd you do last year? She said, yeah, we, we hit our five. And I said, how much do you think you're going to do this year? Why did she say, Paul, this year, 2020, we're going to do $17 million? What? What? Three years ago, she was at about a hundred to 200,000. Then, so that's 2018. No, actually she was at close to 300,000 in 2018. Then 2019, she then jumps to 5 million. Then the next year, 2020, she jumps to $17 million in sales. No VC money, none of that. Mind blow, mind blow. So I told Sharice, I was like, Sharice, we, we, we have to do a follow-up interview. I, I, I've got to figure out how you went from 5 million to 17 million. So we set up a, a follow-up interview. I did a follow-up interview with her. And she proceeded to tell, she said several things that blew my mind, but this is the thing that really got me, is between the time when she started her business, she was, she was pregnant and she was fired from her job. I think she was working at Verizon. She was fired from Verizon, she was pregnant. She wanted to launch an accessory business. And what I oftentimes ask entrepreneurs is, well, like, what, what, what books are you reading? What are you, what podcasts are you listening to? What, what, what books, right? And we oftentimes like to hear that because we then say, oh, wow, yeah, Paul, ask her about the 10 books that she read so that way I could read those 10 books or ask her about her favorite podcast so I can listen to those podcasts. Like, we want to consume so much information. When I asked her, what was she reading? What was she studying? When she launched her business and throughout the business, she said, not really anything. And I said, why? Like, you have an accessory business. Why are you not listening to all these podcasts? Why are you not doing all this? Here's what she said. I'll never forget this. She said this. She said, I didn't need to know that. I didn't need to know that. Think about that for a second. How many of us right now are listening to five, six, seven business podcasts? How many of us are you know, reading every blog we can on business? How many of us are following you know, 30, 40 entrepreneurs? How, you know, th th this is a massive problem. This is a massive problem. We entirely overeducate ourselves on entrepreneurship to the point where I literally know entrepreneurs who have been studying for five years. They haven't launched anything. They've been studying for 10 years. They've been studying for two years. They've been talking about it forever, forever. Here's the tip. It's real simple. 
Don't overeducate. Everything you need to know. Hold, let me zoom. Actually, let me let me let me do a full screen on this. What please, please listen to this, okay? Please listen to this. Everything you need to know to start your business, you already know. Everything you need to grow your business, you will learn through the process of executing on your business. Let me say this one more time. Because I don't, I don't think everybody heard that, especially the folks that are sitting, you know, the folks that are sitting in the back. Because, you know, when you do these presentations, you got the people in the front row who, who like, I'm spitting and the saliva is, is, is dropping onto your face. But then there are the people in the back who are, you know, kind of listening, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're on Instagram. So let me just repeat it real quick to the folks in the back. Everything you need to know to start your business, you already know. You already know. Everything you need to know to grow your business in the future, you will learn it on the journey of executing your business. That's it. That's it. That's it, man. That is it. Stop the overeducation. Stop the overeducation. It's real simple. Now, I'm not saying don't continue to listen to podcasts or don't continue to study. We need to study, but let me show you where you need to study. There, they, it might not be the areas where you're actually studying. Okay. Here's where you should focus right here. Where to focus. First is your avatar. You have to be obsessed with your avatar. You have to know everything possible about your avatar. Your avatar, without your avatar, you have no business. So you need to know everything he or she is doing, everything he or she is thinking. It's very important. Secondly is your industry and your market, right? A lot of us don't even know the market that we're in. Like, the market is, you, you have an avatar. Your avatar buys a specific good or service, right? So for example, let's say I'm Apple. Let's keep it real. Apple's first avatar was a white man who was working for a tech company, right? Working for like, you know, um, well, at that time, not necessarily tech, but you know, was an engineer and was probably right around 27, 28 years old. This was the first avatar of Apple. Sound familiar? Sound like the founders? Absolutely. Most avatars of businesses are replicate the founders, all right? Now, Apple's, they sold their, now clearly it wasn't a phone. They, they had the Apple, they had the, 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 um, the, the actual Apple computer, but the Apple computer, was sold to that specific avatar. That became the market. That was the market. The industry they were in is they were in this entire technology industry that sold lots of things, semiconductors, right? Uh, you know, selling, um, it could be, uh, you know, uh, engines on planes. Like there was an overall industry, but they had a very specific market. It's very important for you to study your market, 
and study your industry. So that way you'll be familiar with what trends are happening, what competitors are doing, how your avatar is, 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 is reacting to certain trends in your industry. So you have to know industry and market analysis and then business operations. It's real simple. Real, real, real simple. Real simple, right? Business operations. How do you operate the business? Like, how do you run a cash flow statement? Like, how how do you um, you know how how do you uh, grow grow the business? Like, market like business operations. It's 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 real. It's real simple. Real simple, right? Avatar, industry and market, business operations. This is where you should be focusing your time and energy, not on, um, you know, I, I'm not even going to name names, but you, this is it. This is it. All right. This is it. All right. All right. This is what I'm saying, man. My man's learning how to position his business. Get it, Dwayne. All right. So next up, step seven. There's only 10 steps. Step seven is this. Uh, by the way, um, I, I may do some, some Q&A at the end. I'm, I just want to push through here. But yeah, you can have more than one avatar. But let me tell you this. If your business is under a million in sales, no, you, you have one avatar. Okay? This is where a lot of us get caught up. I'm t- you have, you have I, I fully believe, if you have a business, you're doing less than a million in sales you probably have one avatar. The question that you wanna ask yourself, what share of the market do you have? Remember, you have to do market analysis. So you have to know, remember, there's a lot of customers, right? They're buying a product or a service. How many of of your avatar, what percentage are buying your product or service? If it's less than 1%, which chances are it is if you're doing, you know, if you're in a viable market and it's and you're doing less than a million dollars, if it's less than 1% or less than 2%, there's lots of room that you have to grow. The way that you grow your business is that you need to focus on one avatar. You need to grow that avatar so that you become the number one, number two, number three provider of your product or service to that avatar. And then you widen out your avatar or you add a second product or service to your existing avatar, right? That's how you grow. But let me not go too, too, too crazy on this. All right. So now, now here's next up. Next up is this step seven. So with better with Paul, with the interviews that I do is I try to interview people from around the world, because I'm telling you, There's a lot of talent outside of the United States. A lot of us get focused on just the talent in the U.S. Quite honestly, just from sheer numbers, there's more talent outside the U.S. Okay, And the hurdles and impediments to growing in some of these markets outside the United States, unregulated markets, are very challenging, very hard. Now, there was one person that when I started, because when I started the podcast, my focus was try to interview people from the US, from the Caribbean, from Africa, and from the UK. Like those were the four people that I was pulling from, and or four areas, should I say, that I was pulling from. 
And when I started, immediately I kept hearing people say, you need to interview Denta. You need to interview Denta. You need to interview Denta. Now, I'm curious, who knows about Denta here? Who knows about Denta? All right, because Denta, in my opinion, is one of the most important entrepreneurs we can follow today. She um, is Ghanaian, but lived in the United States. I mean, lived in uh, the UK, is British as well. She has done, uh, she is like the bridge between Ghana and the rest of the world. But what is most fascinating to me about Denta is that she has started, she started uh, the, uh, an award called GUBA, GUBA, G-U-B-A, uh, right? Ghanaian UK British Awards. And GUBA started in 2009. And now GUBA's evolved to more than awards. It's evolved to a full-blown company, right? That she and her husband run. By the way, side note, I was blown away in my interviews this past year to learn that I would say, if I were guessing, I would say over 50% of the, of the black entrepreneurs doing over a million US in sales, they were operating their businesses with their spouse, with their spouse, operating their business with their spouse. I found that to be really interesting. Um, but so, you know, Denta was, um, you know, so I interviewed Denta, you know, had the opportunity. It was a massive honor to interview her. The connection was all messed up. She was in Ghana. Man, Ghana needs to work on their freaking internet connection, the high speed connection. It's going to be crazy when Africa is fully connected. But the point is, is that I was able to get this interview in with her. And she struck me as, as someone who's really interesting because she had been running the Guba Awards since 2009, and she had evolved so that she still has the Guba Awards, but now she has, like, I mean, she has like a credit card company, travel company, like there's lots of components within the awards. And it struck me really interesting that she still focused on Guba. And I was thinking, why? If you are already running this massive company, you've already been doing the Google Awards now for over 10 years, why do you still put yourself through all of the pain to lead the Google Awards every year? Why don't you just outsource that to somebody else? Why don't you do that? And here's what she told me. I'll never forget this. This is step number seven. Is she said, Paul, there's always room to improve. There's always room to improve. And when I, when I really broke this down, what I, what I thought about is this, and, and, and clearly the step here is continually improve your solution. So remember, going back to step two, when I said, uh, when we talked about the Swiss Beats interview, and he said, you need to create a historic solution, right? You need to do something unique. Every day you should be continually improving your solution. But this is what hit me. I think there are three types of entrepreneurs. This is just my opinion, but I think there are three types of entrepreneurs, okay? I, I think there's the, I think they're the idea creators, 
That's one type. Actually, tell me, what, what do you think, what do you think you are, okay? What type of entrepreneur? I think there's three. One is you create ideas. You have lots of ideas. And this is very important because you have to continually innovate Every year you're running your business. Every couple months you're running your business. You have to continually innovate. So I think there is that entrepreneur, the one that's always innovating. Secondly, is there's the promoter. The promoter is the entrepreneur who can take the idea and get funding for it or sell it or get on television shows, right? And do like, you got the promoter, right? This is very important. That's the second type. Of, of startup entrepreneur. And then you have the third type. The third type is someone who I consider Denta to be at heart, and that is the tinkerer. The tinkerer. If my son was listening to this right now, he would joke and say, it sounds like you're saying the tinkler. That's, I mean, I'm in potty jokes. They're like, this is what happens when you have little boys. It's everything is a penis joke or it's about peeing. Every, every, like everything in, in our life is now. Uh, so not the tinkler, the tinkerer, okay? The tinkerer. You have the, the, the person that just likes to tinker, right? Let, let's, let's try to fix that, you know? Let's try to just make that a little bit, little bit better, right? So you have the idea creators. Wh- which, which one do you think is, is, is you, right? Which, wh- which one is you? Paul, Para, I see you still here, my man. Which one is you? Which one do you believe, do you believe is you, right? So you have the idea creator, you have the promoter, number two, or you have the tinkerer. Think about which one you are, okay? Think about which one you are. By the way, who has boys here? Who has one, who has one or more boys? And please tell, am I the only one that has to go through all these penis jokes? Like, am I the, like, I feel like every day it's a new joke, or it's a new something about that. But anyway, these are the three, okay? Now, this is what I think is very important. If you want to become successful as an entrepreneur, Paul, I'm talking to you, talking to everybody here, everyone, this is very important. If you want to be successful as an entrepreneur, you must become all three. You must learn to become all three. You have to continually create ideas. You have to be a creator. Secondly is you must be a promoter. You must be a promoter. You can't outsource the promotion. You can outsource marketing. You can outsource advertising, but you can't outsource the promotion of your idea. As the CEO of your company, you are the chief talking officer. I always say that, you're the CTO not the chief technology officer, you're the chief talking officer. You have to be able to continually sell your vision, whether you're selling your vision to your employees, well, whether you're selling your, your vision to, um, to your avatar, whether you're selling your vision to other thought leaders, right? You must be able to sell your vision. You have to be a promoter. And then third is you have to be a tinkerer, okay? The point here in this step is you have to continually improve your solution every single day. So, Paul, I need you to be to, to, to be this person, okay? 
Every single day, you have to be thinking about how can you improve your solution? How can you improve it? What can you do to create a more historic solution, a more unique solution for your avatar, right? Paul, I think you create masks. Masks, it seems, it seems like it's something that, that could be simple, right? No, no, no. How can you more efficiently deliver the mask? How can you improve on the design of the mask? How can you improve on the effectiveness of the mask? How can you change the material of the mask? How can you add complementary pieces to the mask? You have to every day be thinking about this. This should be what, you, what you're thinking about. You shouldn't wake up and think, oh, I've got to post something cool on Instagram. Oh, I better, no, 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 no. If you want to be a real entrepreneur, you have to be thinking about that avatar. You have to be thinking about your unique solution every day. What can you do to become better at the delivery of your solution? Now, I don't want to go deep on this one, but let me just say this. There's something called the net promoter. Yeah. Okay, Paul, I like what you're doing there. I see it. Three, yeah. Paul's talking about, I use a 3D printer and new trial mask daily. There we go, Paul. That's what I'm talking about. Get it. Every day, experimenting. I love that. Using a 3D printer. I, Paul, I like where you're at. I like what you're doing. Okay. Now, there's something called net or, or NPS, net promoter score. Okay. I'm not going to belabor this. I just want to say this very quickly. When you're thinking about tinkering your solution, is that the way that you know that you have to continue to, or, or what you need to continue to work on and whether or not you have what's called product market fit. Okay, so now, let, let, me, let, let, me, let me go back here. Let me go off of this. When you launch your, your, your service, so let, let me go to Paul or your, your product. So, so Paul has masks, okay? Paul creates masks and he sells masks. That's his product and he has avatars, he has customers who buy his masks. Now, there will be three types of people that buy your product or service, all right? Three types of people. You're going to have people who are detractors, people who are passive, and people who are promoters. We all have this. In everything that I do, right, I have the same thing. I have people who are detractors, people who are passive, and people who are promoters. Every time you do something, no matter how great you are, you know, this is, I think this is one of the best products ever, but there are still going to be people who are detractors, people who say, nah, the iPhone, forget the iPhone. I like an Android better, right? There will also be people who are passive that say, yeah, you know, the, the iPhone is cool, but if you gave me a free Android, I would use a free Android, right? Or there are going to be people who are promoters who say, no, I ride for, I, I, I would not touch an Android. I won't even look at an Android. I won't even look at it. You know what I mean? It's all about the iPhone. So you have people who are promoters, people who are detractors, and people who are going to be passive. Now, the problem that a lot of us entrepreneurs have, especially upstart entrepreneurs, is that most of our people are passive. Most of them buy from us, but if I were to snatch your solution away, if I were to, 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 to do that, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Paul Redwood. That's what I'm talking about. It is tip, tinkerer, innovator, promoter. Paul Redwood with the gems. That's what I'm talking about, Paul. Thank you. So remember, detractors, passive, and uh, promoters. 
Most of the people who buy from you, I'm telling you right now, are passive. They're passive. If, if I were to say, you can no longer use Paul's masks or whatever the service or product it is, you would probably say, oh, that's too bad. And they go on to something else. You have to figure out how you could have the, the dominant number, the predominant number of people who use your product or service. How can you move them from passive to promoter? That's what you should be focusing your tinkering time on, right? That's the reason why I bring that up. You want to continually improve your solution. You want to continually figure out how you can move people from, okay, your product is cool, to I can't live without your product. How do you best do that? You have to talk to them. You have to engage with them. You have to survey with them. You have to observe how they use it, right? This is the tinkering process. This is the tinkering process. All right. So continually improve your solution and net promoter score. NPS is one way of doing that. And if you want to read more about NPS, please Google that. All right. Getting down to our last two. Getting down to our last two. All right. I see my sister Ramonda still with me. All right. So now this next one is coming to us. Actually, let me tell you this. I, I got to keep it real. We only have steps eight, nine and 10 left. And two of them are coming from Jamaica. I'm just telling you right now, two of these are coming from Jamaica. So, you know, these are the truth coming to you at the very end. All right. The next step is a growth hack. We haven't talked a lot about growing here. A lot of what I've been talking about is operations and strategic thinking and creating a support team, which are all the things that you need to do when you launch, when you launch a business, right? You have to create a foundation. But I'm sure a lot of you are saying, well, Paul, okay, that's cool. I'm with you. I, I like all these. Okay. Okay. But how do I grow? How do I grow? How do I get more of those green things that you were talking about, right? How do I get more sales? This next step, I believe, is the single most important step you can take in 2021 to grow your business. And I say in 2021 because growth strategies change frequently. But right now, we could project out, and we know what's going to happen in 2021. When I say what's going to happen is in terms of social platforms, et cetera. This is the number one way, in my opinion. And by the way, I'm not here to debate this. I'm sure people are going to say, Paul, you know, I think it's digital advertising. Or Paul, I think it's like whatever you think it is. I think you should buy billboards because nobody's buying billboards. Like, I know people are going to try to debate me on this, but let me tell you, I'm not here to debate. I'm just here to tell you the truth, okay? This, I believe, is the number one growth technique for your business in 2021, and it's coming to you from Jamaica. All right, so the next person I interviewed recently, uh, when I say interviewed is in the BWP Connect community, right? In the BWP, Lamar, I appreciate that, man. You know, by the way, that means everything to me. I really appreciate that, Lamar. Because, you know, I mean, let me just say is that, you know, yesterday, literally, I, I probably spent about five hours thinking through this, putting this presentation together. And whenever I see something like this, I know it was worth it because I know you received it. And I know it's going to change your life. And part of what I feel like I'm doing is ministry. This really feels like ministry to me. It really does. 
And to know that you received it, it means everything. So, so Lamar, I, I appreciate that, man. I really do. Okay. So this next person I interviewed as a part of the BWP Connect community, right? And in the community, she hosted, well, when I say I interviewed her, is she was giving a masterclass on how to pivot from your corporate full-time job to full-time entrepreneurship, which is a delicate balance on how do you, you know, you, you know, you make that pivot. And at the end of the presentation, I just kind of flipped the script and I started interviewing her. And the reason why I wanted to interview her is because, you know, something that one of my mentors taught me, Enri Ujel, um, who taught me a long time ago, and that was whenever smart people do things, listen and observe. Like, it's real simple. You know, think about who you perceive to be intelligent or who you perceive to be in the know and watch what they do. Just watch what they do. Just observe. You know, it's interesting. If you were to look at all these entrepreneurs, I've, I've, like all these incredible entrepreneurs I've been showcasing, just go observe them. Like just observe them. And you'll see what they truly believe in terms of their business execution because they'll execute on how they believe. So whenever someone is smart and you respect them, observe, listen. So this next, this, this person that was hosting this masterclass is someone who I, I hold a lot of respect for. You know, she went to Harvard Business School. She was the CEO of uh, Richard Branson Center of Entrepreneurship. And she started her own company called Soul Career. And I'm talking about Lysandra, for, for, for those of you who uh, uh, know Lysandra. What I really like about Lysandra is that she's a student. She, she, she's wickedly smart, but she does her diligence and, and, and she properly research, researches before she executes. And I asked her a real simple question. I was really curious. I was thinking, okay, you now, Lysandra, have come from one of the best business schools in the world. You ran, uh, you were in one of the most prominent positions in the world, right? Working for Richard Branson. She actually, I think she worked at McKenzie in New York prior to that. Like she, she has all of the, you know, uh, she, she has all of the resume to suggest that she's someone who knows a thing or two about business. So now that she was starting her own business, I was curious what she was doing to grow her business. And here's what she told me, right? As I'm interviewing her through the BWP Connect community, which is a community that I've co-founded with my wife. It's an entrepreneurial community, right? And here's what Lysandra told me. She said this, I'm focusing on doing more talks on platforms like this. Now, here's the reason why this really hit me. And here's the reason why I believe this is the most important technique for you this year is because what she's doing is she's saying, I'm not doing Facebook ads. I'm not doing Google ads. I'm not buying likes. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that she's not doing those things. You know, I, you know, I'm not focusing my time on engaging on comments which I've advocated for in the past, you know, make sure that you're engaging in comments. 
All of those things still work. But if you want the most bang for your buck, if you want the most yield for your time, I suggest the hack is this. The hack is this. Create shared platform opportunities that focus on your avatar. Think about this. Think about this. What Lissandra did is she was, I was talking to Lissandra as she was talking in front of a community that I've created called BWP Connect. It's a community of entrepreneurs. She, Lissandra, said to herself, Paul, your community is basically my avatar. So she then, and by the way, I'm the one who asked Lissandra to come in, but she's thinking, I'll of course do that. I'll of course come in and talk to your community. Why? Because your community is my avatar and you're going to now put me in front of 300, 400, 500 people who are my avatar. She's thinking, I would pay the world for that, right? The point is this. She got that quote-unquote opportunity because of her building the relationship with me, me building a relationship with her. But the larger point is this. Spend your time in 2021 thinking about the people who already serve your avatar and think about how you could create shared opportunities, opportunities where you could go onto their platform that is serving your avatar and you can display how unique your solution is. You can display how credible you are. Now, how do you do this? Let me give you some suggestions. Here's the next steps on creating the shared platform opportunities. Here's what I suggest, all right? One is identify the mega, macro, and micro influencers of your avatar. So if I'm thinking about my man, Paul, right? Paul, who is your avatar and who are the mac who are the mega influencers? Who are like the people who have a million or more following? You know, these could be media companies like Forbes. This could be individuals, you know, like, you know, just, you know, who knows? Um, who knows? I don't even want to name any names, but individuals, right? Those are the mega influencers. Write down those people, 20 of them. Then think of the macro influencers. Macro influencers are people who have, you know, anywhere from, and, and, and it changes, but anywhere from, you know, maybe 5,000 on, you know, to a couple hundred thousand people. I'm, I would be considered a macro influencer, okay? Identify the people like me, the macro influencers, that your avatar follows, okay? That influence your avatar. So your avatar, do they listen to Better With Paul podcasts? Are they watching this live right now? Like, think about that. Think about who are the people like me in your avatar, in your avatar's life. Then think about the micro influencers, the people who have the less than 5,000 followers. This could be people who have 1,000 people who, who follow them. And let me tell you, micro-influencers are increasing in importance. A matter of fact, I have a friend who runs a 
you know, like an influencer agency. And he was telling me about how four years ago, the focus was on the, the mega influencers. That's who they, that's how, who brands tried to hire. Then over the last two years, brands would go after people like me, right? Then they shifted and now they're focusing on micro influencers, micro influencers. Why? Because micro influencers have a disproportionate amount of influence over their avatar, right? So the point is, is identify those people. So that's one, identify all of those people, okay? That's going to take a lot of time, but identify them. Next is determine how you can add value to their audience. So think about this, Paul. Think about this, Paul. So say, Paul, um, you know, so use me, for example. Let's say I'm a uh, influencer for your avatar. Well, if, if I'm an influencer, I have platforms, right? What could you do to add value to my avatars? What, what could you do? What could you provide? What insight can you, can, you, can you give? You have to think about that. I get pitched every day. A matter of fact, I would say uh, uh, my assistant, I think that, you know, she sends me a rundown of various messages that, you know, that, that, that come in every day for me. The number one type of message is a pitch. Hey, Paul, can I come onto your podcast and do this? Or, hey, can you come do this? Right. It's a pitch. The problem is that the pitches typically don't have any true value add. The, the pitches say nothing about my avatar, nothing about how they can move my avatar closer to their goal, right? Nothing about that. You have to think about the pitch. You think about how you can add value to the audience of the influencer. And then, last but not least, reach out. Once you know, hey, Paul, here's how I can add, here's, here's what I can do to help your avatar get closer to their goals. Now, jump onto their podcast, jump onto a live chat, jump onto a clubhouse discussion, which is popping. You know, it is, um, yeah, it is, it, it, it is hot, right? Newsletter swaps, which are, which are massive, right? Newsletter swap is just essentially, Hey, you know, I'm going to write, you know, I'll, I'll write an, a, a value added newsletter. You know, it could be like a, like almost like a chapter in a book, but I'll write it specifically for your avatar and you could send it. You have to think about this, but the point is, this is what Lysandra is doing to grow her, to grow her, uh, to, to grow her, her audience, right? This is the growth hack right here. The growth hack is over the next year, focus on this. Like I'm telling you, do away with like even lives like this. Live like a lot. This is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to say this. I am a massive advocate for live video. But if you don't already have a platform, like I have half a million people between just LinkedIn and Facebook. So, of course, it's advantageous for me to go live because I'm going to be able to, to, to get a percentage of, of those folks. I'm going to be able to get my information out. But if you don't have a thousand, two thousand people, if, you know, I see people do lives all the time, like, because they say here, oh, Paul says you should do lives, so I'm going to do lives. And every day they do a live, or every week they do a live, and there's two people that watch the live. No, that's not the move. Different strokes for different folks. 
The move right now, unless you are already, unless you have a large audience, the move for you, and I'm not saying to stop doing live. I'm not saying to stop doing video. I'm not saying to stop these things. But what I am saying is disproportionately figure out how you can get on more platforms. And the last point here is you don't have to get on mega platforms. If you have a thousand people who follow you, a thousand people who follow you, and someone else has a, they have a thousand people who follow them, and you all decide to jump onto each other's IG, and it turns out that you have the same avatar, and you jump onto each other's IG, or you, you jump onto it, you do a Zoom with each other, whatever it may be, that is of much more benefit than posting up a video every day on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever you are, right? I'm telling you, this is the move for this year. Think about this. Work smarter. Work smarter this year. All right. We're down to the last, the last, last, last two, okay? This next one is, this next one is also about relationships. This next one is also about marketing. This next one is, to me, this was the one of the biggest aha moments I had. And this is the one that out of all of... 10 of these, I, I, all 10 of these steps I embody in the execution of my business, but this next step is the step that I've most stepped up over the last year. And this is the next, this is where I'm going to be placing most of my time next year, this next step. So where did I, where did I get, where did I, where did I get this next step from? Well, I interviewed Janelle Coy, Janelle Coy, one of my most popular podcast episodes. And it's interesting to, to, to when you, you know, when you think about this, because a, a lot of people who are doing podcasts, they think that you need to have big names, people with massive platform in order to, you know, to grow your, your episodes or grow your downloads. And it turns out that Janelle Coy is someone who relative to the other guests I've had, has a smaller social media footprint than, than everyone else. She delivered the highest number of, of, of downloads, right? The highest number of downloads. How is this? I mean, not, not the downloads, but, but, but how is it that what she said was so insightful to me? So Janelle Coy is, uh, I, think she, I think she's turned 28, but she's basically the CEO of one of the fastest growing companies in the world right? She's under 30 years old, right? Black woman, United States, at the helm of one of the fastest growing companies in the world. And her company at the time when I interviewed her, she was making uh, 17, she was doing $17 million uh, of revenue per year, right? $17 million. Now here's the mind blow. When I asked her how she was able to generate that money. She basically said, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. She used LinkedIn to basically generate these sales. But when I dug deeper on how do you use LinkedIn, right? Like, was she just sliding into DMs? Was she in comments? What, like, what was she doing is her strategy 
was basically this on LinkedIn. This was basically it. I moved the relationship off social. This was her strategy. Now, now what, what, do I, what does she mean by that? What she means is that she would comment or slot into a DM, whatever it was, but she would very quickly move the relationship off social media, very quickly. This is something that I wanna underscore. This is very important, very important. A lot of us are using LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or whatever social site it is, Clubhouse, whatever. A lot of us are using these platforms to interact with people and we think we're building relationships. Let me tell you, if you don't have their phone number, you don't have their email address, you really don't have a relationship with them. But, and let me say this, if you really don't have their phone number, you don't have a relationship with them. The key is you wanna quickly, you wanna use social to connect. And then the lesson here is you wanna graduate the relationships beyond social to email, SMS with, you know, texting, live, which is, hey, let's get on a Zoom call. You wanna move that relationship as quickly as possible to one of these platforms. This is the move. My man Chris is saying this is the move. Marshawn is saying these are facts, right? The point here is that, by the way, this is the same thing for dating. Same thing for dating. You know, cause I'm in the, in, in the, in the matchmaking industry. I see it all the time. Most people, on Tinder or whatever app you're using, will go back and forth and never even have a phone call, never have a Zoom call, never see each other. Like, that doesn't count. That doesn't count, right? Why waste your time? If you're building relationships, you wanna move, you wanna use social, move it to this as quickly as possible. Now, if you're moving it, to email or a phone call or a live as quickly as possible, you have to be able to add some value. You have to be able to, you have to be able to come up with reasoning to do that. There are a lot of people who say, hey, Paul, um, you know, li like literally every day on LinkedIn, I will get at least one message of someone saying, hey, Paul, great to connect with you. Let's jump on a 15 minute Zoom. In my mind, you know what I'm thinking? Why? There's so much that is going on in the day. I mean, like, really think about this. I'm not trying to be crude. I'm just trying to keep it real. Like, literally in my mind, sometimes I think, I wish I had 15 minutes just to play Minecraft with my boys. Like, I wish I had 15 minutes just to be able to spend this extra time calling, you know, uh, my mom. So, if you slide into my DM and say, hey, let's jump on a Zoom for 15 minutes, it needs to be of high value. And that's not me, that's all of us. So the point here is that, remember, the strategy, yes, is move the person to a real life interaction as quickly as possible, but you need to have reasoning, you need to have logic behind it, which means that you can't just blanket statement you can't blanket message a thousand people and say, let's do a 15 minute call. You can't do that. If you're building a true relationship, you need to have the justification. You need to have the reasoning, right? It's very important, very important.
All right. So that is that. And here's my bonus uh, little tip right here. I've started over the past year, I've started using uh, CRM, customer relationship management software. I really think, I really think this is, uh, I really think this is important, right? I really think this is important. A customer relationship. Uh, <laughs> this is Lisa saying, well, I want to do Zoom with you. Hey, Paul, let me do a 15-minute Zoom. Um, all right. But customer relationship management software is important. So I'm not advocating one over another. Uh, I've been using Active Campaign now. Uh, it has its quirks, but I but I, I like it. But the beauty of a customer relationship management software is it allows you to track the interactions between you and your audience, or you and your customer base, or you and your prospects, or you and your leads, and a lot of these customer relationship management software tools have artificial intelligence built into them now. And they could suggest, here's how you move the relationship to an SMS. Here's the message you should send. Here's when you should send it, right? This, the software is becoming sophisticated. We have to use the technology and we have to use these tools that are out here. So I think a customer relationship management software is great to help you to actually you know, to help you actually manage, all right? Last but not least, this is so This is so funny. I told my wife when I jumped onto this live, I said, I'll see you in about an hour and a half. Jill was like, I'll see you in three hours, right? Um, and I made a point not to give the time of this because I knew that I wanted to take my time getting these out, right? Um, and let me just say this right before I hit, hit this last one is, if you want to replay, of this, let me just 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 go to this. If you if you want a replay of this, go right here. Make sure you're on the newsletter. Literally, what I'm doing is this replay is going to be able you'll you'll be able to see it on Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube for five days, and then it's it's going to go away. But the replay is going to live out in our community, BWP Connect. All right, but. If you get on the email, I'll make sure that you get the replay, and I'll also give you this entire slide deck. All right, so just 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 to to, to make mention of that. All right, now let's get to ten. Okay, let's get to ten. Now, it it was hard for me to come up with this number ten because, or should I say, I thought it was going to be hard for me to come up with number ten because. I wanted to think about, okay, 10 steps that you could do to, to outperform, right? Grow the business. And, and we talked a lot about, you know, thinking, and we talked a lot about strategy. We talked a lot about support system and team. We got the growth stuff in there and the marketing. But, you know, at the end of the day, entrepreneurship, and everyone here can attest to this, entrepreneurship is lonely. I mean, t tell me if I'm wrong on this. Tell me if I'm wrong on this. Entrepreneurship is incredibly lonely. And a lot of people don't talk about that, how lonely it is. Not only is entrepreneurship lonely, but you saw the stats that I, that I, that I showed at the very beginning, two and a half hours ago, right? Maybe you, you weren't even here for the beginning, but 2.5 billion small businesses out here in the world, most are making $36,000. 
US per year. So on top of it being lonely, most are not making enough money to keep their household afloat. That's creating an enormous amount of stress. So think about that. Why would you then dedicate your life to entrepreneurship? And I say dedicate your life is because if you decide to become an entrepreneur full time, you're not working an hour or two or three. You're not. Even like the, even think about just what I'm doing right now. Okay. I finished writing and thinking about this presentation literally a little bit after midnight last night. So say 12.30, 12.45, right? Then this morning, I was up at 6.30, making sure everything was straight, making sure that my HD was running, you know, connection was good, right? So, I mean, think about that. It's Saturday. And this is Saturday. This is, this is technically my day off. This is, this is light work. Light work, right? Light work. So the point here is that you've got to, you have to grind. If you want this thing, you have to grind. And, and honestly, man, you know, I don't know if folks really understand the grind and the, the tenacity of the grind that it takes. But the, here's the larger point. The larger point is when I interviewed this next guest coming to you from Jamaica. This was the most nervous I've ever been in my life interviewing someone. And I, I had an opportunity to sit down with a lot of heavyweights. And this person I was nervous about. I I needed I needed many drops of CBD before I jumped on this Zoom with this particular person. And the reason is, is because I know about this person's place in history. And I don't think that the world truly appreciates his place in history and how influential he is. A matter of fact, there's a high likelihood that this person that I'm about to mention has influenced you. Okay. This is the point. Everybody already knows. Everybody already knows. Everybody knows. All right. This is the point. When I interviewed my next guest, it was Neville Garrick. Neville Garrick, who was the art director for Bob Marley. Okay. Neville Garrick, a lot of, you know, I didn't even truly understand this until I interviewed him. But Neville Garrick went to school in California. And he was in school at the time of the inception of the Black Power Movement. A matter of fact, Angela Davis was one of Neville Garrick's professors. Matter of fact, he said he had a crush on, uh, on Angela Davis. I thought that was cool that he dropped that. Neville Garrick being at the center, the epicenter of the Black Power Movement. So not only at the beginning of it, but it really kicked off in the Bay Area. He was birthed through the, 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 the Black Power Movement. He, he Literally, he was birthed. And this shows you how nothing just happens. I mean, this, is, this story gives me chills. Gives me chills. 
he then leaves California and he moves back to Jamaica and he becomes an art director. He leads an, he, he, he leads art for, uh, I think it was the observer, the Jamaican observer, right? Newspaper there in Jamaica. And he is assigned to cover Bob Marley. So he goes down to a Bob Marley concert and he looks up on stage and it was his first time seeing Bob Marley. And Neville says, he just looked up and said, I know I need to be partnered with that guy. Just like that. And it, and to some people, to some people, they hear that and they say, oh, that's crazy. So he just quit his job and he partnered with that person. But you know what's interesting? I've done the same thing. I did the same thing. I worked for a gentleman by the name of Enver Ugel, changed my life, billionaire out of Turkey. I met him and there was something, literally the first day I met him, I just looked at him, I was like, I need to, I need to work with that guy. I think that has a lot to do with energy, but I'm not gonna get into my woo-woo energy thing right now. But I think a lot of that has to do with being able to observe, pick up, recognize energy. But Neville Garrick said, I need, to, I need to work with this guy, Bob Marley. So long story short, he goes to work with Bob Marley. And, you know, at that time, Bob Marley in his, Bob Marley in his crew, like he's, he's already an established musician in Jamaica. And he's considered, he's captain, like they call him captain, right, of his, of, of the, of his crew. Now, here's what's fascinating to me about Bob Marley and Neville Garrick. And here's where the lesson comes in. Before Neville Garrick enters the picture, Bob Marley and the Whalers, Peter Tosh, et cetera, they're, they're still creating music. But if you go back and you listen to the music prior to Neville Garrick, the music is more of a documentary of what's happening in Jamaica. And a lot of it is biblical based because Bob Marley was Rasta. So it's biblical, biblically based, right? But a lot of it is documentary of what's happening in Jamaica. Now, Neville Garrick enters the picture. And this was the moment where I told Neville Garrick, I said, I believe Neville Garrick, you're one of the most influential people in this world. And he was, he's very modest. He said, no. But I said, no, no, you're one of the most influential people in the world. And here's the reason why. When I asked Neville Garrick what impact he made on Bob Marley, here's what Neville Garrick said. I helped him see a higher purpose. Think about that. I helped, he helped Bob Marley see a higher purpose. What was the higher purpose? Well, if you'll notice, Bob's music after Neville Garrick shifted to activist music. Bob Marley became an activist in his music, even in, in his art, in what he wore, even if you look at the stage design. It's incredible. Neville Garrick was one of the first people to create stage sets. And a lot of people don't remember this, but Bob Marley 
when he would go to tour Europe or he would go to tour the United States, he was playing to white audiences. Remember, black people, we, we weren't messing with Bob at that time. A lot of people don't remember that. Bob was getting love outside the community mostly. And what they would do is they would show up to these concerts with black power you know, narratives and stories. And they would teach people about Haley Selassie. They would teach people about injustice. They would, they would teach the audience to the point where Bob, Neville said that Bob started then reading, before that Bob was only reading, uh, you know, the Bible basically. Every day, you just read the Bible. Then he started reading books on black power and books on activism. Think about that. Bob Marley is considered one of the most influential artists of all time. His music is timeless. As a matter of fact, his music is the rally call, was the rally call for a lot of what happened in Black Lives Matter over the past year around the world, right? Zimbabwe, right? You, you think about the independence movement and freedom, you know, you think about Bob Marley's place in activism, and you think that it was Neville Garrick that helped him get to that place. You, there's no way you can say that Neville Garrick is not one of the most influential people in the world. I, you can't say that. You can't, you can't argue it against, against, you can't argue against that. What's the point? The point is this. The point is a lot of people don't realize that there was, there, there, there were multiple assassination attempts on Bob Marley's life. One, he was literally shot, right? And Neville actually talks about, gives the detail uh, in, 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 the, in the interview. What propels someone to keep going, knowing that what you do, you will, you can die for? Think about that. I mean, think about that. Like, like you think, okay, yeah, entrepreneurship, Paul, it's different. But what he was doing, is it really that different? Bob had decided there was something that was so important to him that he was going to commit his life to it. And he was going, he's willing to risk his life for it. Is it, is, is, is it that different for entrepreneurship? Is it? After being in the game for so long? No, I'm telling you. Do you know, I have literally seen friends die trying to grow their business. Literally seen them die. Literally been at funerals. Been at funerals, okay? Literally seen people take away time from what they consider to be the most important, the most important people in their lives, their kids or their spouse, take the time away from them and, and, and focus it on something, their business, right? You have to ask yourself, is it about the money? No, I don't, I really don't think that that's what drives the biggest, I, I mean, they like the money, but I don't think that is the driver. The point is this, you must identify your higher purpose.
You must know why it is you are spending 100 hours a week, week after week after week after week after week, year after year after year after year after year. Why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Why? Every one of the entrepreneurs that I've interviewed, they know their higher purpose. And they remind themselves of that higher purpose. It could be in insignia rings that they wear that symbolize certain things. It could be in, in statements that they put on their board. It could be on photos that they put on their phone. Whatever it may be, they know what their higher purpose is. They can then remind themselves of it because that's the fuel you need to keep going because this thing gets stressful. This thing kills people. So you ask yourself this if you want to find out what your higher purpose is. It's a real quick, it's a it's a real it's a short question. But here's the question. Think about this. What are you prepared to give up your life for? See? You didn't know y'all were going to get this today. You probably thought I was going to come in here and tell you about how to do Facebook ads. Right? You probably thought I was going to come in here and tell you, here's how you run a Facebook ad and grow a seven-figure business. The hell with that. That's not where it's at. That's not where it's at. The question is this. What are you prepared to give up your life for? Because my commitment to you is if you can answer this question truthfully and then create visuals, whatever you need to remind yourself of this every day, you will be able to go hard in the paint every day until you get to the promised land, whatever the promised land is for you. You'll be able to get there. But without knowing this, it's, 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 it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, man. It's not going to happen. All right? So now, look at this. The exact question that changed my husband's life. That's coming to you from a very successful entrepreneur right there. Higher purpose. What is it? What is it? All right. Let me give you all a recap. You guys want the recap? Let's recap the 10 steps to make a million dollar business in 2021. Paul, make sure you're watching this. Okay. Coming to you in order. Know everything about your avatar. Remember, if without your avatar, there's nothing. So know everything about your avatar. Then after we figure out everything about our avatar, how do we give our God-given talents to create something historic, something unique. Then once we've created that uniqueness, then we've got to figure out our risk level, right? Because we know this thing is risky, but we have to make sure that we are prepared to go all the way or not go all the way, right? We have to know how far to go when, and that's being able to assess and mitigate for risk. Then we create the right support team. Part of that is people to help us offset risk, thought leadership, right? People to help us with business operations. All this first four, this is like the foundation. 
You can't have a business without these. And let me tell you, I know a lot of entrepreneurs out here who don't have these four steps. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't crush the game without these four, okay? Next up is now let's start moving. We have our foundation. Now let's make sure that we have runway, right? Make sure that we have runway. Try to get it out to 12 months. Try to get out to more so that you can give yourself the space to create, the space to think, the space to tinker, the space to promote, the space to come up with new ideas. Then after we have that space, we're not going to overeducate. We're not going to get, you know, analysis paralysis through making sure that we read every blog and we follow everybody. We know that we have enough to launch our business and through execution, we'll be able to grow. Okay. We need to continually tinker. That's Denta, right? We need to keep working on that solution every day. What can I do to make sure that I'm delivering a better solution to my avatar? Then with the tinkering, we start to work on growth, right? Because we know we already have a great solution. So now what we're doing is we're creating shared platform opportunities. We know this is the number one growth hack for us in 2021. There are people who have been spending the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years building up their Instagram, building up their Facebook, building up their Twitter, building up their email list, right? Building up their podcast. Okay, that's good. They've been doing that. They're the influencers. Now, how can I jump on to that platform? What can I do to help that person? Because if they want to keep their influence, they have to keep bringing new ideas to their avatar. So how can I help them get new ideas to their avatar? Let me jump onto their platform and then I'll be able to grow my audience. Next is, remember what Janelle Coy, the $17 million woman, right? I'm sure she has more than $17 million in revenue right now. But remember, graduate the relationships beyond social. If, they, if you don't have their phone number, it's not a real relationship, okay? Pseudo relationship. Get a real relationship. And then last but not least, we don't have to belabor this. Identify your higher purpose. All right, guys. That's all I have. I'm empty. When I, when I come and do these, I keep talking until I'm empty, until I'm depleted. I'm depleted. I'm tired. Tired. And that's how I know I feel like I've served you. All right. So now I will end with this. Make sure you are on this. Right. I think I think almost everybody's on this, but make sure you're on this. OK, that's very important. Make sure you're on this. Also, too, I just want to I do I do want to pitch this because you you'll notice that I don't, quote unquote, sell a lot. Um, but this is something that is literally, I believe, a game changer. And this is when I'm thinking about tinkering. This is what I'm thinking about every day, every day. And I tinker BWP Connect. I strongly encourage you to join us. I, I encourage you to do it. It basically is a MBA on steroids is what you're getting on, at BWP Connect. This year, we start our events. We're doing a UK event, a Jamaica event. We're doing a next New Year's. We're going to be in Ghana for New Year's. Okay. 
We have hundreds of hours of master classes on every topic you could think of. Book club. We have, we have, I think we have over 20 therapists in the community. And we now have started hosting the therapists host, you know, host sessions. It's like our we have a gentleman named Brandon Griffin who curates the top news stories in the world specifically for entrepreneurs. It's like, I'm telling you, I, I, I can't speak more highly of, of kind of anything that I've touched than BWP Connect. I strongly encourage you to get in. Live sessions like this almost every week from, ver from various experts around the world, a community of people from around the world. Get in, get in, okay? Don't wait, get in, get into that. But I just want to say, make sure you all think about these 10 steps. I wish you all the best. I really do. I wish, I wish you um, promotion, you know, in 2021. I wish you health. Uh, I wish you love, unfettered love, right? Romantic love. Uh, it's very helpful in business. Uh, I wish you happiness. I wish you miracles beyond anything you've imagined. You know, I truly wish that for you, but part of getting there is putting in the work. And that's exactly what we talked about today, 10 steps. And I hope you all put in that work and I'll see you all on the other side. And that's it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And let me tell you, I truly feel like I'm becoming better through these discussions and I hope you feel the same way. Anyways, until next time, catch you on the next episode of Better With Paul.